MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game. Good Friday morning to you. It is Gil Alexander. Glad you could join us. What a Friday it is. Football yesterday, football tonight, football Saturday, football Sunday, and baseball. Never better final week of the regular season. Jeff Parlay here as well. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. You and I get to bat around our contest entries as well this week. We got to go through. We'll get we'll get to this game last night momentarily. We also have to go through. People don't realize on the baseball side of things, the tiebreaker scenarios that we could have are just. I just spent the last four or five minutes trying to read through them. It's insane what could happen in baseball. We'll get to that as well. Vinny Maliulo joins us to close out the show as he always does. His perspective from behind the desk. Chris Felica. The Bear from ESPN's College Game Day to give us his college football picks of the week. Dr. Bob, also Dr. Bob, it's a Friday. Uh, Bob having a ridiculously good start to the college football season. He will join us as well, give a few picks. Mark Borchard's baseball picks. Yes, Paul Carr with EPL picks, Premier League. And yes, there's tennis picks. Two tennis picks today after another winner yesterday on Danielle freaking Collins. By the way, the response on Twitter to all the, to all the tennis picks um, from listening to this show, from listening to primetime action or watching primetime action or watching this show and on Twitter itself, when people ask me, I try to get to every one of them. Uh, I apologize if I haven't gotten to you, but we do have two picks on this show. The scorched earth hardcore tennis season continues. It has been fabulous. So we will do that as well. Um, first, though, Jeffrey, 
Let us begin. Am I forgetting anything? Did we get to everything? I think that that covers it. A lot to get to in the next two hours between football and baseball. And I got to ask Felica about my uh, my Heisman play that I made. 200 to 1 on Talia Tagovailoa. A big part of that going to come down to his performance and Maryland's performance tonight against Iowa. So I look forward to that. Uh, last night, Bengals, Jaguars. Do we have it? Do we have it? Destiny's Child? Anyone? Hit it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to call for it. Ladies and gentlemen, I had the Bengals last night. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. And the Bengals tied into all kinds of teaser legs as well. That too. Never in doubt. Bengals win it 24-21. to 21. Evan McPherson field goal at the gun. Do we still have guns? I don't think we do. To win it for the Bengals after they trailed 14 to nothing at the half and also trailed 21-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter. And... The Bengals advance to 3-1. and one. Jaguars now 0-4. So Bengals, at least till this weekend, sole possession of AFC, uh, the AFC North lead. 3-1. and one. Ravens, obviously, and Browns at 2-1. to one. Could say something about that before the weekend is up. So now from a survivor standpoint, those of us who had the Bengals, we get to sit back and sort of hope for carnage uh, this Sunday. Much like those of us who had Carolina last week on Thursday night hoped for carnage on Sunday. But that didn't happen, obviously. Pretty much everybody got through in Survivor last week. Um, but that was the play. And, you know, there, there's questions here that come to mind, one of which is how, really, how good really are the Bengals at this point? Because, obviously, that was a harrowing win for them and for those of us who had them in teaser legs and survivor, barely got by. What does that say about the Steelers, who they played the week before and pretty much dominated the Bengals, that is? Um, my two things with this game, and I'll crescendo to the biggest point, but the first thing is, and Jeff, bring you in for this. Zach Taylor and the Bengals, what were they doing in the first half? It's like they're down seven to nothing. They're in that game, and they're like insistent on not going to the pass anymore. They had matriculated the ball down the field quite easily the first time with the football, missed a field goal. Evan McPherson missed a field goal at that point. Also had success with the pass, I think, on their second drive as well. But then it was like we're going to establish the run on first down and second run. Constantly putting themselves in third down situations. You're, I'm screaming at the TV. We're on primetime action. We're like, what are they doing? Why, why do you insist on playing the game this way? But I will say this. The key play of this game, it's obviously the key sequence, but the key play of this game is never what mainstream media tells you is the key play. And, so I, and, I, and I've watched, what, a thousand years of football? A million years of football? And I've never, I never heard them once make this point. Now, people are going to say, okay, well, it was the fourth down stop, the goal line stand that kept the game at 14 to nothing. Bengals were able to get out of the half, half just down that with the uh, Jaguars in a goal-to-go situation, and they ended up with the ball first in the second half, and the rest is history from there. Bengals scored on their first drive of the, first, of the second half, made a three-and-out stop, scored on their second drive, and then from that point forward, it's tied ball game, even Steven. And even though the Jaguars went up, it was even very, uh, with much football to be played. Ch- changed the whole game around that goal line stand. So they're going to say, yeah, that fourth down stop was everything. Okay, yes, that fourth down stop was everything. But the key play of that game is not the fourth down play. The key play of that game is the third down play that preceded it. And again, you can watch a thousand football games and no one will ever mention it this way. But at third and goal at the eight, with one minute and 46 seconds left in the first half, 
and the Jaguars already up 14 to nothing. So many things can happen at that point, right? You can lose yardage. You can gain no yardage, either by run or an incomplete pass, or however you gain no yardage. Or you could score a touchdown. You go up 21 to nothing. The one thing, though, that changes the game at that point is if you happen to gain on the, on the third and goal at the eight, seven yards or six and a half or however close to the goal line without scoring that makes you shift your thinking into, hey, we're close enough now that we can go for it. Because remember, any other scenario, you lose yardage, you don't gain yardage, you score a touchdown, the outcome is, is determined for you. Even if you gain two or three yards, ah, we'll just kick a field goal. No one would think anything of it. No one would think twice about it. You'd go up 17 to nothing. And that would make it that much harder for the Bengals, obviously, to win this football game. But instead, they had the curse of gaining seven yards. And then, and I'm not saying they're wrong for doing this. I'm not saying they're wrong for going for it at that point. I'm just saying that's the quirk in the game that they never seize on. That because they got the seven, then they think to themselves, well, we can't kick a field goal now. We have to go for it. And so then they do get stuffed, and the rest is history again. Bengals first drive, they get the ball first, matriculate the ball down the field, 14 to 7, three and out, 14 to 14. Next thing you know, you have yourself a ball game and the Bengals actually pull out. But that's the play, Jeff. That's the moment where you're like, if you're a if you're a uh, Bengals better like I was and like so many of us were, either I didn't bet them against the spread, but I bet them on again teaser legs, multiple teaser legs with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers um, and beyond. And of course, most importantly, for those of us in Survivor, Survivor play, that's the play that changes because that's the perfect outcome for you because then you know they're going for it and you have a shot to keep it right where it is. You'll never hear that called the, the key play of the game, but that's the quirk of football. Yeah, but this is all the one thing with that play, though, is that it's one of those dynamics where if you put the truth serum in, and look, yesterday I took, I actually had a lot more, I took Jacksonville plus a seven and a half, and I did a little bit of a sprinkle on the money line before the game. Once they got it down to the one-yard line, I would have been really upset if they kicked the field goal. So it's No, no, no. You're right. It's one of those where both, if you put the truth serum in both betters, both type of betters want the same outcome there where Jacksonville's going on fourth and one. Listen to what I'm saying. The truth serum for Bengals betters on third down is exactly for you to get seven. Right. Right? Then the truth serum does briefly shift to, boy, I'd really love them to kick a field goal here. But I remember that my truth serum on the previous play was seven, so I'm going for all of it here and getting a full stop. So it really is a two-play sequence of truth serum. Like, that's the greatest outcome you could have. What about the first thing about Zach Taylor and, and the Bengals calling the game so poorly in the first half? And ultimately, what do we really think of the Bengals? They're not, they're not particularly good. When Joe Burrow fully is healthy again, they might be very good. But I don't think he's fully there yet, Gil. And... Look, we've seen this now for Cincinnati's offense against the Bears. They did absolutely nothing until there were 10 minutes to go left in, left in the game. Last week against Pittsburgh, they just beat Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh beat themselves and the Steelers were just bad. And like you said last night, that was pathetic what the Bengals did in the first half. What against any doing? other team in football, you're down you're down more than 14 nothing basically. It's brutal. Like, what, what are you doing, Zach Taylor? But I will tell you, in Burrow, we trust. Because as, as long as he was in there... I just, I, you always have that confidence. Like, he's going to figure out a way to do this. And that all-out blitz where he hit the tight end, that was the big play late that got them in field goal position was phenomenal. I know it's not the most bed market, but uh, if you had a, 
If you had a CJ Uzama multiple touchdown oh. ticket, you had a you had a nice night last night. Well, we on prop watch. We do prop watch before the uh, before all our primetime games on primetime action. And you know when they announced that Carlos Hyde was out, it was an immediate immediate feeding frenzy on James Robinson props. The rushing prop got there. The receiving prop did not. So depending on how you played that, maybe you played a rushing plus receiving prop. And then Survivor moving forward, let's just say this. How do you feel about the Jaguars as a pick-on team? So in other words, last year it was the Jets that everybody picked on, including myself, week after week after week. This year, you appear, and here's where the, you know, the, the question becomes, you appear to have a choice between the Texans and the Jets and the Jaguars, maybe the Giants, maybe the Lions. How do you feel about the Jaguars as a pick-on team? A little too live now for your taste? No, they're still a pick-on. Yeah. I, I think that was, they played one really good half last night. And as much love as Cincinnati's defense was getting from some, that's still not a particularly good defense. So Trevor Lawrence looking good, which Trevor Lawrence made two throws last night that made you go absolutely, wow, how did he do this? The deep one to Chenault and then the one on the sideline to Agnew in the first half. But look, Gil. And they lost Chark early. Yeah, in all honesty, that opened up Chenault, who is probably better than DJ Chark at this well, point. Well, that's another quirk that we don't acknowledge, right? Like, if Chark doesn't get hurt, do they play completely differently? Because they essentially got into the Clemson-Trevor Lawrence keeper offense. And that's why, you know, when they do have fourth and goal at the doorstep, you can't blame them for going for it because they're like, hey, Trevor can do anything he wants at this point. But that third down play, man, that is a little quirk of football. And ultimately, that's the play. The fact that they get seven yards there is perhaps why the Bengals ultimately win the football game, a play that otherwise gets lost. A good Thursday night football game as far as the Bengals-Jaguars game goes, and good for those of us who have the Bengals and teaser legs and Survivor again. On to another week. Carnage on Sunday. Let's go for it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Uh, we appreciate them being the uh, proud sponsor of this. Through thick and thin, let's put it that way, BetMGM, the king of sports books. Visit BetMGM.com and download the BetMGM app. It won't take you but a few seconds uh, to do so. That's for sure. And uh, they have a special promotion each and every day on the show. Jeffrey, it's the BetMGM.com special that uh, there's several of these every day. Let's put it that way. Uh, the one that we want to focus on this morning, though, just to be specific, has to do with, uh, well, we, we try to bring it up every day, but mainly the fact that it's boosted odd specials and much more. You could download the app. It takes you a few seconds. Then stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Uh, Paul Carr standing by. We don't have Paul yet. We do have Paul. Okay, Paul Carr from Topeka, Kansas. Uh, at Paul Carr on Twitter, C-A-R-R is how you spell his last name there. And, of course, he is with True Media Network's host of the Expected Value Podcast. How you doing, Paul? I'm well. And the NFL, this cracks me up every time. They have a Bengals-Jags game, and we talk about it for, you know, half an hour to start the show. That's the power of the week. It's <laughs> great. The, it's the power of the National Football League. You were saying there was another play in there, too, that, you, that you had a problem with. with. Yeah, I thought, that, so the Jags had it fourth and four at the 50 with, I think it was about 540 left in the game. Could have gone for it. Uh, most of the win probability models I've seen say that cost the Jags about 5%, which is you know pretty sizable at that point. So yeah, I think there was a real case to go for it uh, for a couple reasons. One, obviously, 
you keep the ball away from the Bengals. But even if you give it to them, like they're getting it with five and change left, you still got a pretty decent shot to get the ball back if the Bengals score. So I think that's factored in there too. So yeah, I think there was a pretty strong case to go forward on fourth and four for the Jags at midfield. There was also, I mean, let me let me also acknowledge there was also a what I felt was a phantom defensive hold in there on yeah, the Bengals' final drive. Mm-hmm. Very sketchy. The refs with all the power on that. That was a phantom hold. Uh, the and the last thing about this that I want to point out is. Urban Meyer, way too up on the ups, way too down on the downs. <laughs> like the fist pumping on really non-spectacular moments and the just completely leaning on his knees with head staring towards the turf when things don't go his way. Yeah. It's like, dude, you got to be a little more chill about this from a, from a game to game and play by play basis. Something's going to go wrong if you're, if you're th- yeah. too up and down like this. It feels very, I mean, I don't know if I'm just projecting on this, but it feels very college coachy, yes. especially for him. Who's had so many highs and it's you know, easy to get excited and all that. And hasn't had as many lows as a college coach. So I don't know if some of that's, you know, it's kind of flipping now where he's going to have a lot of lows. We think this season and not so many highs with the Jags. Yeah. Um, who did you end up? Did you end up going with the Bengals and survivor? Or you ended up shifting at the end. Yeah. I stuck with the bills. Uh, I know it's the obvious play, but I think this speaks to what you've talked about. Sometimes is just knowing your pool. Look, I'm not in, uh, you know, a thousand person pool. This is a 15 person yeah. pool that I've been running for 20 years. Uh, so yeah, so it's not a sharps pool in that sense. Some of these guys I'm with have already used the bills, you know, used them last week. Uh, so there's that factor too. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is a very different thing where it is more of the, as you say, survivor sense and not necessarily the win sense. Whereas to win those, the major pools, you pretty much have to run the table. Uh, this is a different animal. So it goes to what you say, always knowing your competition, know your pool, know the rules, all makes, that sort of stuff. Makes complete sense. That's great DFS uh, lesson there for folks yeah. to play daily fantasy. Um, the smaller the pool, the uh, less sort of, uh, you know, frisky you should get. The larger mm-hmm. the pool, the less conservative you should be. Uh, Champions League, before we get to your Premier League picks, there was <laughs> yeah. some Champions League history this week. Tell us about that. Man, so yeah, so usually the Champions League group stage is fairly straightforward. To be honest, I don't play it much uh, just because, you know, it's early in the season. You have a lot of mismatches, things along those lines. But this week was a little nutty. So on Tuesday, Real Madrid lost to a team called Sheriff Tiraspol, which I'm sure 99% of people have never heard of. They're from Moldova. Oh, Moldova. Uh, Yeah, soccer powerhouse. And then on Wednesday, Barcelona lost 3-0 to Benfica. Now, Benfica is a good, one of the best Portuguese teams. So it's, it's not the loss as much as the margin. And it was a little flattering to Benfica. But Barcelona's lost his first two group games by a combined 6-0. There's a real chance they're not going to get out of the group stage for the first time in over 20 years. So Barcelona is kind of a mess, especially off the field, front office and stuff. Uh, and that's manifesting itself on the field. So yeah, Spain had a rough week in Champions League. And what is the price on Barcelona in this game? Yeah, yeah, you look at, they're playing at Atletico this week. The defending league champion, Atletico is good. Barcelona's plus 320 to win the game. Wow. I'm not saying that's out of line, but I've never seen Barcelona plus 320 to win anything. You know, maybe there was some weird second leg of a Champions League. I, I'm not sure. Maybe there was something like that. Yeah. But seeing them at plus 320 in a La Liga game is pretty insane. More than anything, Paul, I'm just happy you didn't go with the Castellano Barcelona. When, when describing, I, yeah, I didn't know. study abroad for a semester, yeah. so I don't feel like I have those, uh, <laughs> those chops, those, uh, yeah. those Castellano chops. All right. Yeah. Premier League plays a trifecta. What do you got here? All right. We're starting with Chelsea. 
Uh, I'm not taking the under in Chelsea, actually. Wait. I'm going to take Chelsea to win this. Uh, cover the spread, goal and a half. So Chelsea minus one and a half against Southampton. This is tomorrow. Uh, I got this at plus 125 at DraftKings, as that's available. Uh, seen it down to plus 105, which I think is still uh, on the fringe of playable. This falls into the don't overthink it bucket. Chelsea has won all four of their non-Liverpool, non-Man City games by at least two goals. I know they lost midweek to Juventus. I know they lost to Man City last week. Uh, but, you know, they probably played better or at least equal to Juventus. City was, you know, whatever. They almost throw that one out the window because it's such a different game that this one's going to be. Uh, Southampton, not very good offensively. Haven't put up more than 1.0 expected goals in any of their games this season. So I think Chelsea's going to cruise here. I'll play a minus one and a half, uh, getting a good plus price. If you'd rather play on like... Uh, even money for win to nil, which I've seen also, you know, that's not too bad either. If you'd rather have the one nil win as an option instead of say three to one. All right. And that is on, these are all Saturday, these games. You see the Liverpool man city game is Sunday. Okay. So also on Saturday and you have a under. Yeah, we're, we are taking the under in Brighton arsenal under two and a half minus minus one thirty, is my price. Uh, this is a game where like either team, both teams really trying to play for a one nil type of win. Let's scratch it out. Uh, eight of the 12 games these teams have played collectively have had two or fewer goals. Brighton, very stingy, both kind of offensively and defensively. Second fewest shots in their games this season. The fewest expected goals, the third fewest goals, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Arsenal also doesn't have Granite Shaka, who's one of their key guys in the midfield. Not a goal scorer necessarily, but the guy who gets that ball from the de defense to the attackers, he's out with an injury. So they won't be firing uh, on all cylinders. And I think some of the last couple of games for Arsenal have been a little bit uh, smoke and mirrors. They beat Tottenham 3-1 last weekend, big rivalry game. That was one of those things where everything goes right. You know, every shot you take goes in early on and they just kind of roll from there. So I don't think they're, you know, they haven't righted the ship, so to speak, and are going to be in the top four race. It's a pretty even game. I think it's going to be tight. I like under two and a half. Okay. And at the top of the Premier League standings, only six games. I know 38 yeah. game, 38 match season, if you will. Six matches have been played. But you have a jam, a log jam up at the top. Liverpool with 14 points. And then Man City, Chelsea, Man U, Everton, and Brighton all with 13. And the goal differentials are really all over the place. Liverpool, yep. an 11 Man City with an 11 goal differential all the way down to Brighton with a three goal differential. And they've managed to end up uh, with 13 points early going four, one and one, but Liverpool and Man City play each other. This is kind of a, kind of a big deal. And how are you playing it? Big game. Yeah, this should be a fun one. Tough stretch for city with uh, Chelsea last week, PSG, which they, they lost to midweek in champions league. And now they got Liverpool. So, yeah. First place on the line. I expect goals here, uh, one way or the other. I, I really don't have a great feel on, you know, I could see this going, you know, a one or two goal win either way pretty easily. Uh, so I'm playing the over two and a half at minus 135. Liverpool leads the league in goals and shots and expected goals. City is second in just about everything. So they both obviously have the attack. I don't think either defense is, is quite gelled yet. You know, Liverpool still getting Van Dyke back in the swing of things. Uh, City hasn't looked as solid, especially in the defensive midfield spot, as maybe they have been in recent years. And we talk sometimes about how these top four type of games often get tight. Well, Liverpool City has kind of been the exception. The last four times they played in the league, there have all been at least two and a half expected goals. Uh, both defenses can be a little bit vulnerable on the counter. So this should be a really interesting game just because both teams are so used to having the ball over 60% possession for both to see how it plays out and how well each team can uh, react to not having the ball a lot more uh, than they're used to. So I expect goals. Liverpool gives up really good shots. 
And I think we're early enough in the season that teams aren't like getting super tight, you know, as you see late in the season when they're trying to scratch out a point or three. Okay, Chelsea, minus a goal and a half uh, versus Southampton, about plus 125. Always shop around for the prices. That's tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Then at 9.30 Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, Brighton Arsenal. Paulie's on the under two and a half. And then on Sunday, Liverpool Man City over two and a half. That's 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. You bet. Have a good weekend. Paul Carr coming back. College football with Dr. Bob. VSIN's Voice Red Weekly is out now, and in this edition, we break down Tom Brady's return to New England and his face off with Bill Belichick. Matt Humans focuses on Lane Kiffin's showdown with Nick Saban. Brady Cannon evaluates the week four contest plays, and Adam Burke breaks down situational spots that have the maximum value. These stories and more are in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly. Download it today or go to VSIN.com slash subscribe for more information. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, having himself a college football season. You can follow him at DR Bob Sports, pioneer in betting sports through predictive algorithms, which he did at his days as a university kid at Cal so many years ago. Not that many years ago, still young. It's Dr. Bob Stoll. How you doing, Bob? So many years ago, Gil. You were right. <laughs> as I was doing as I was saying that I was like, maybe I should uh maybe I should soften this a little. How you doing, man? You good? Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Tired, you know, middle of the season. Yeah. Wears you down. I hear you, man. You know, you know, it's just just turned October today though, so you know, you got a ways to go. Yeah, cool. no, I, I'm fine. Okay. Just making sure. How how did your week go last week? Uh, pretty even overall. Um, not bad, not good. Slight profit in college. Um, but you know, we had a great start, like you said. One of my first 11 college plays and now I'm 17-7 and 1. So, flattened out a little bit since then, but well, I've been profitable for years, so I should be profitable from this point forward. But nice to have a good cushion, though. Yeah, be- before we uh, get your actual picks, can I ask you about some of the marquee games and where you stand on these? I'm assuming if they're not picks of yours, then the answer is the line's just about right. But let's talk about, you know, let's start with Cincinnati and Notre Dame. What do your numbers suggest about that game with Notre Dame uh, slight dog here? Uh, I had this one pretty close. To the line, I think the last time I looked, I think I haven't fully adjusted for injuries and such, but I think I had Cincinnati by one and a half. Oh, so it's in that one. So, so dead it on was it. Pretty close. Pretty close to the line. Yeah. Does that same thing apply to say Iowa Maryland tonight? What did you remember? What you had on that one? Yeah, I wrote that one up. That one's posted on my site um, in the college free analysis section. Uh, the math had um, Maryland by about one and a half. Um, I mean, excuse me, Iowa by about one and a half, and they're a three and a half point dog. Uh, Iowa's 19 3 and 1 as a road favorite of two or more going back about 10 years. So, for whatever for whatever that's worth, uh, they, they do tend to cover um, as road favorites. So, uh, I'm passing that game. If I had to play it, I'd rather have Maryland plus the three and a half. So interesting. So, so, so the two things you don't that have you have to play it. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically, what you're saying, just to clarify, the two things that you look at, generally speaking, your math followed by sort of the technical analysis of how does Iowa do in this situation over time, they sort of conflict is what you're saying. Yeah, but I wouldn't, you know, I don't really, trends are not a really big part or any part of what I do too much. I mean, sometimes I follow some general patterns that maybe might keep me off a game or, you know, might um, 
might have me you know, make a game a, a strong opinion instead of best bet if I have some trend going the other way. Like Buffalo's 20-3 and three against the spread at home mm-hmm. um, in college in, in recent years. I like Western Michigan. Yeah, that might sway me a little bit, you know, make them a strong opinion instead of a best bet. But, you know, the, but, but the math model, the, the math is really what I'm looking at. I hear you. Okay, these just to, just to be clear to folks, these are not Bob's plays. Just want to ask him one more question before he gives his actual plays. Georgia, massive favorite over Arkansas, a team that has beaten Texas and Texas A&M is really one of the more talked-about teams in college football right now. But yet, the Bulldogs... Massive 19-point, let's call it 18-and-a-half-point favorites. 18 we're showing now. This trickles down just a little bit towards Arkansas, but still 18 points. That comes out pretty accurate to your numbers in the end? Uh, no, you know, I, I, I've been on Arkansas. I've liked Arkansas, and every week I've at least leaned with Arkansas. Um, but Georgia's a great, great team. I mean, I had them as the number one rated team going into the season, better than Alabama. Oh, and, it, and it's still that way. I think Georgia is the best team in college football, and it's been that way since before the season started. And I, uh, my numbers I'm just looking at now have Georgia by 19, 19, yeah, 19.3. Uh, I was surprised. I, I thought the math would lean a little bit with Arkansas here, hmm. uh, maybe 17 or 16, but it came out right around the number with a slight lean toward Georgia. Okay. Um, I think they'll be able to stop the Arkansas run game, and if if Arkansas doesn't have the run game going, then you know KJ Jefferson's play action passes, which he's been successful on, are not going to work, and nothing's really worked against Georgia's defense. Um, you know, Arkansas has been strong defensively, but Georgia's just another level on offense. All right, let's get to your actual picks, Bob. What is number one? Um, well, the first one there's there's three that I'm going to give out again this week. Uh, first one's Oregon State again. I. I Gave out Oregon State last week against USC, and I talked about Chance Nolan and his evolution as a quarterback. And he went out and averaged 11 yards of pass play against uh, USC last week. Beavers won 45 to 27 as a double-digit dog. And uh, when I released this game on Monday, Oregon State was a two-point dog. They are now a one-and-a-half point favorite. I still like Oregon State uh, for the season. Um, Nolan's averaged 9.7 yards per pass play. Um, since he took over in the middle of their, their loss to Purdue in game one, they were down big in that game, and they, he almost led them back to, you know, got them close, actually, before they lost that game. But they've been flying ever since. Washington has a really good pass defense. But um, even though they gave up you know, 302 passing yards to Cal last week, but their average against the run, and Oregon State has a very good running attack. They average 235 yards on the ground at 6.4 yards per rushing play. So they can run it and throw it. And I think they're going to run the ball a lot, just like Michigan did. Michigan only – had 44 passing yards against Washington and still scored 31 points because they ran the ball for over 300 yards. And I think Oregon State's capable of running the ball against Washington and moving the, moving the chain. Whereas Washington's offense, although it's better since their opener, they lost 7-13 to in Montana, better since then. They were out without a couple of key receivers in that game. And now they're a little bit better than average offensively. They can't run the ball at all, but they throw the ball well. Beavers are a little bit better than average defensively, so – you know, Washington should score a decent number of points, but I just think Oregon State is a much better team, and I have them outgaining Washington 421 to 359. Um, and I think they're going to cover the now at one and a half. I think Oregon State's a one and a half point favorite. I think minus two and a half or less is a good play on Oregon State. Minus two and a half or less, still a play on Oregon State. I like it. It's funny, Bob. I know you so well that I, and I know your stuff from week to week that I, I try to anticipate what you're going to play. And I did anticipate Oregon State over Washington because I know how you feel about UW too in general. 
I, I you didn't end up with a play, I don't think, on Michigan uh, this week, and I thought that you were going to, but no play on the Michigan game. Yeah, well, they, they were disappointing last week because uh, that was the other game I gave out on your show last week was Michigan's Rutgers because I just thought Rutgers, you know, their offense has done nothing. And I thought Michigan would just shut them down and score enough points offensively to cover the, you know, 20-something points. And it was 20-3 to three at the half. And then Rutgers played really well in the second half. I don't know if it was Washington, you know, or, you know, Michigan just shut it down offensively thinking they had the game in the back or not. They're really inconsistent in their passing game. Um, so it's a little bit bothersome. Wisconsin can stop the run, um, although Wisconsin's offense has been really disappointing. Pretty mediocre to worse than average so far. But I do think Michigan's going to win that game. Uh, but not enough for, for me to play it. Okay, but you do have a play on Oregon State, as long as it's uh, within two and a half, minus two and a half, lower, minus two and a half or lower, you're playing it. So Oregon State is a play. And then uh, we have a couple minutes here for your other two. All right, I'm going to go quick here. The Air Force New Mexico under this, I was hoping to get this line at 49 and a half. It was 49 and a half on Monday, and I was going to play it as the best bet under. The line dropped to 46 and a half, but I still, I still like that. And it's down to 45 and a half, 46 and a half, but I still like the under. Here, this is such a matchup value game. And I've had really good success with this kind of stuff over the year. Uh, New Mexico's defense is really bad against the pass, but Air Force doesn't pass. And Rocky Long is the defensive coordinator at New Mexico. He's the head coach at San Diego State for years. His teams have always been able to defend the run. This team's no different, only giving up 3.9 yards per rushing play. And Rocky Long's teams have always been good against option teams since 2009, since they took over at San Diego State. In 18 games against Austin teams, is allowed 20.4 points on average. So he's really done a good job defending that type of offense, and that's a that's a big deal when you have that much experience against option teams and have done that well against them. And the fact that Air Force runs the ball 88% of the time, and the teams that New Mexico's faced so far have passed it 62% of the time against them. That's a huge difference. Just that that run-pass ratio makes New Mexico's defense 1.7 yards per pass play better than it's been. That equates to about 10 points. That's pure value on the under. So just on the matchup. Uh, so, you know, Mexico's offense is horrible. <laughs> They're more than two yards per play worse than an average team. Air Force is pretty good defensively. So I picked a 26-13 Air Force and still value under, you know, 45, 45 and a half or more. Okay, that's where it is right now. And finally, with uh, 30 seconds here, Bob, what's the last one? Uh, yeah, quick one. I've been on Bowling Green all year. I've been on the under a few times, and I like, uh, I like the under again. I had Minnesota's team total under 41 last week, and Minnesota scored 10. Bowling Green legitimately have as good has a good defense, and in the prior, what the people thought they were going to be was horrible, and it's still in, it's still in the line. There's still value going under. Their offense is terrible. Their offense runs really slow pace, but their defense has been really good against everybody. They only give up five. And the worst game was five point four yards they gave per play they gave up to Tennessee, which is not that bad. So I like the under in Bowling Green, Kent State. All right. Under in Bowling Green, Kent State to round it out. We'll post them all in the newsletter. Bob, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. You have a good week. You too. The great Dr. Bob on a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Baseball with Mark Borchard next right here on a numbers game. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a weekend warrior at BetMGM. King of the Weekend is a free-to-play challenge where you can win up to $50,000 for correctly picking the highest-scoring pro football teams during the weekend. Simply log into your account and find the King of the Weekend contest in your promotion section. Then pick the six teams you think will score the most points from the selected games. $1,000 to go to the top entry each week. And if you guess all six in the right order, the grand prize of $50,000 could be yours. Plus, hundreds of dollars in free bets will be awarded to players who come close to a perfect score. Go to your account and try the King of the Weekend free-to-play game. And if you're new to BetMGM, download the app today and make weekend football even better. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com. For terms and conditions, must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in the state of Nevada. Skill Alexander, quick check of the National League MVP odds. Jeffrey, Bryce Harper now minus 180. And Juan Soto, a.k.a. Mickey Mantle, plus 180. Juan Soto. Now plus 180 to win the National League MVP. I'm going to say it in this low, dramatic voice just to drive it home. He, ladies and gentlemen, 
is your National League MVP. Vonder Franco's plus 550. That's an even that that to me is an even more ridiculous bet at this point. Soto should be the NL MVP. Vonder Franco should be the AL rookie of the year. And I have no skin in the Vonder Franco game. But that's ridiculous to me. He didn't hit safely last night. Or he didn't he didn't reach base safely last night. I don't think he did. He's terrible now. He's just, oh, just wipe him off. He's so the rookie of the year. Uh, I just want, before Mark Borchard comes in here, because we have Mark Borchard from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert. By the way, that plus 180 on Soto is pretty much everywhere now. Have you seen, so we're all going to be watching football tonight, tomorrow, Sunday. We're all going to be footballed out because we're football nation. But the baseball, so Atlanta Braves clinched the NL East last night with by sweeping the Phillies. Bryce Harper continues to just be terrible down the stretch. Um, Giants win. Again, Lamont Wade Jr., another clutch hit in the ninth. It's ridiculous, this kid out of the University of Maryland. And the Giants maintain a two-game lead over the... Uh, the Giants, rather, maintain a two-game lead over the Dodgers for the NL West Championship with three games left. The Giants' magic number is two. Any combination of Giants wins and Dodgers losses that go to two, Giants win the NL West, have the best record in baseball, and the Dodgers will have to host Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals in the NL wildcard game. Okay, if the Dodgers and Giants tie... That game would be played in San Francisco because the Giants won the season series against the Dodgers 10-9. to That would be the 163rd game scenario there. In the American League, it is all about the wild card because the Astros finally clinched the AL West last night. Just think about that. The Astros finally clinched the AL West. Why? Because the Seattle Mariners, the greatest story in baseball, them and the Giants, the greatest stories in baseball, the Mariners are now tied with the Red Sox for the number two wild card position in the American League. Yankees have a two-game cushion over both of those teams. Blue Jays now on the outside looking in. Yankees in the number one slot. Mariners, Red Sox tied for second, uh, tied for the second wild card position. The Blue Jays uh, one game behind those clubs now for the number two position. So Blue Jays one out of the final wild card position. But that's the dealio, man. In the uh, in the American League, so there are scenarios that are just out of control, just completely out of control right now. That could be so. First of all, there's a four, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Jeff. There is a still a remote chance of a four way tie for the two wild card positions. In that event, listen to what happens here. They will they will break it down based on win percentages amongst those four teams. And you'll end up having an A, a B, a C, and a D, follow me here, where the C team gets to choose. Are you hearing this? Gets to choose who they play, who they will travel to. So in other words, if it's the Yankees at C in a four-way tie, they'd be like, do we want to go to Fenway and play Boston, or do we want to go to Seattle and play the Mariners? That would be that scenario. The winners of those two games, then the D team, the D team would end up playing the team that wasn't chosen. The winners of those two games would end up being the wild card teams. That's that's an easy scenario. But then there's a three-way tie if there if there if three teams are tied for two spots or if three teams are tied for just the second spot, there's a whole convoluted situation that deals with head-to-heads where teams where in certain scenarios the team will get to choose do we want to play in the, in the first scenario where it's two, you know, three, three uh, teams tied for two spots, and I'll leave it at this because it gets so convoluted, a, the best team of those three will get to choose, do we want to play uh, one game against a rested team to make it, 
or do we want to play two games and have two shots at getting in? It's it's fascinating, and it's like up to the teams themselves that have the choice to make the choice. It's it's nuts. It's going to be an amazing baseball weekend. We'll see if we get to that. Two team ties are a little more straightforward. We're bringing Mark Borchard from somewhere undisclosed location, somewhere in the desert at basewinter basewinter.com. How you doing, Mark? That's fascinating, Gil, what you just went over. It's crazy that they actually have like a contingency plan for all this stuff, it's, it and it's rem- really well drawn out. Doesn't it remind you of it? And by the way, I didn't even get to the one where it's tied for the second wild card with three teams. I mean, it's like it's incredible what happens. But it reminds you of the playground when you were a kid and you were choosing teammates on like a, a two-hand touch football game. You're like, yeah, I'm taking that dude. I'm not taking you. And there's always that kid that was always picked last. Um, okay, let's get to your two picks for the day first. What do you have? Okay, well, I'm, the first thing I'm going to go over is this so the, uh, to make the playoffs with Seattle. And I just don't think the Seattle team is legit. Oh. I've got, I don't. And, and, and I, so I think that, and, and your reaction is like, I, I think a lot of people like, they, they really want to see this. a good story. You know, I do Seattle. too. Yeah. But I, I, I think that they're, they're not getting fairly priced in this market. So I've got, and I've got the simulations that I ran. I've got Seattle at 17% to, to make the playoffs. And well, that equates to 83% to not make the playoffs, which is minus 488. You can get it at minus 180. I think that's probably the best play of the weekend, in my opinion. I, I just don't see this. The Seattle team has 16 more wins than they should by, by my expected standings at basewinner.com. And even over the last 14 days, they're 20 where they've gone on this tremendous run, quote unquote. They're 24th in baseball in an XFIP minus at minus 113 or at 113. And then in weighted runs created plus, they have hit a little bit better at 113, but that's a 500 team to me. You know, your, your, your XFIP's the same as your weighted runs created plus minus. And so it's just incredible. Like they've been able to string these wins with really underlying component stats that are that are average or below average, Gil. Three home games against the Angels, Shohei's not pitching, and you would play minus 180 against them making the playoffs. Absolutely. I think tonight, in fact, my model on, on Suarez versus Marco Polo Gonzalez, I've got a five-inning model that, that has has the uh, the Angels at minus 167 in this game. Yeah, I mean, even if you went spring training on this, this Angels versus Seattle, I would say that the Angels are going to get one, maybe two games out of this. Well, Mark, I think I speak for everybody here. I just want to tell you, you're a horrible human being for making this wager against the Seattle Mariners. I think I speak for everyone. How could you possibly bet against this? No, I'm just saying. They're such a great story. I legitimately have no skin in this game betting. I do with the Giants. Trust me on that. But I got nothing on this Mariners thing, and I just want to see. I, I, Their run differential is minus 48. The Blue Jays, who are a game behind them, are like are, are like plus I mean the difference between the run differentials is just unbelievable how this works in baseball. Minus forty eight for Seattle. Toronto is plus one sixty four. So what's that? That's a two hundred and twelve run differential. <laughs> totally want to see Seattle get in. Anyway, I you know, I understand your math and your and your bet. I'm just joking. But you are a horrible person. Well no that but I mean you make a good point because I think a lot of the people are like, well screw it, I'll throw, you know, 20 bucks on Seattle to, to make the playoffs. So I think I think that's in the, you know, you get some advantage in the, in the pricing because of that, that yeah. story. No, I hear you. Okay, and so that's one play. Seattle not to make the playoffs. And you have a pick on a game today, too. Well, it is Friday, so it's a lay the wood Friday. And I'm going to go with the Dodgers and the White Sox. And if you put them in a parlay, it pays a little bit better than even money, plus 110. 
And uh, I've got this game price, Dodgers minus 304. I got the White Sox at minus 275. And uh, I, I just think that uh, Kershaw, since he's been back, he's been pretty darn good, Gil. He's had three starts. Uh, he started, he came back on, on the 13th of September. His three starts, 87 percentile, a top percentile start, and a 79 percentile start. So I think we're getting good value uh, with with this game, and and I'm going to lay the wood, and I'll take the plus 110, Gil. Okay, is that a first five parlay, or is that first a... First five parlay, yeah, exactly. First five exactly. parlay. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, you came on this show famously, I have to bring it up, six weeks, two months ago, when Robbie Ray was 100 to 1. And I asked you just randomly, hey, was there a value pick in the AL side? And you said Robbie Ray at 100 to 1. And we snickered. And here is Robbie Ray. He's the favorite. But last night, you know, he was pitching a one-hitter. It was a home run. But he was pitching a one-hitter deep into that game. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Boone left him. <laughs> he gave up three homers in one frame. Do you think this is Robbie Ray's to win now? Well, you know, what was interesting. I thought because he was like minus 600 last night. Yeah. I texted you last night. I'm like, oh, gosh, he didn't have a great start. And that, But he's minus 475 now. Yeah. So the market's saying it's his to win. I don't know if the market's right, man. I really, like, I don't know if the market's I, right I in any of this. I hear you. Yeah. Mark, I love you, despite you being anti-Seattle Mariners. It's just un-American. Thank you, Mark. those Mariners. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Mark Borcher, at BaseWinner, BaseWinner.com, and the BaseWinner Podcast, of course. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.